Welcome to the Medicare Easy as Pie Show, brought to you by Mesa Benefits, your guide through the Medicare process with Stephanie Garcia-Hagan. I'm your host, Stephanie Garcia-Hagan. I'm joined in studio today by my illustrious business partner and partner in life, Bruce Hagan. Welcome back to the show, Bruce. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here. You're going to be kind of intermittently kind of helping me with some questions and answers potentially throughout this segment. There's a lot of really cool information in this one that's also kind of maybe dry, you know. It can be. Yeah. We're going to talk about dollars and cents a little bit. Okay. So you're going to help be my relief a little bit. Actually, okay. you're going to be the relief for the listener a little bit. I am? Yeah. All right. Okay. So let's get started. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. I absolutely love bringing information to the beneficiaries here on the show. I said in the last segment what it look, what to look for in a local agent and an agency. So let's talk Mesa Benefits specifically. We are an agency that believes that you, the beneficiary, get to make the decisions around your Medicare insurance choices. This is our guiding principle. We absolutely give you the information that you need to make the best decision for your lifestyle, your budget, and your health situation. The other nice thing about Mesa Benefits is that you get a husband and wife team to work with. Bruce and I are partners in this business. We bounce ideas off each other, we learn together, and we teach each other. I absolutely love meeting with Medicare beneficiaries. I joked with you, Bruce, the other day that any frustration that I'm having can be cured with a client meeting. That seems to be the truth. I absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll see you in the morning and you're just like having a rough day. And then you have a, you have an, a, an appointment with a client or a potential client and all of a sudden you, you're doing well. So. I, I really do love sitting down with folks and getting to know them and their story. I absolutely love a good puzzle. You know that's to be you know that to be true also. That's how I see my role as the insurance advisor. I get to put the pieces of your puzzle into the pieces of the insurance puzzle to get the coverage figured out for you. Now, if you already know that you need help with your plan, I'm going to give you this information up front here. Bruce and I can be reached at 970-549-0410, or you can search for us on the web at mesabenefits.com. I thought I would give you a little history here about the show and how, it's, how it got its name. When I was a kid, I was helping my mom make pies for Thanksgiving. She mixed the dough, she rolled out the pie crust, and each time she tried and retried the recipe, the pie crust would fall or burn, which caused extreme frustration. She gave in and went to the store to buy frozen pie crusts. You know, the ones that you roll out and still work with as if you made the crust yourself. When I was developing the idea for this show, that experience came into my memory. The puzzle aspect of the process for getting Medicare seemed like the process to make a pie. The ingredients are simple, but the process can be frustrating, which creates the saying, easy as pie. The bottom line is that the process to get Medicare and then add insurance to it is not easy. But when you talk to an advisor who has honed their craft, as Bruce and I have, the process becomes easy as pie. We break the process down into four easy to digest pieces of pie here on the Medicare Easy as Pie show. Let's dig into today's slices of pie, shall we? Today's slice of the pie number one answers the question, what does Medicare cost? I think that we should refine the question down into the basics and possible extra costs. The basic cost of Medicare depends on a few factors. Let's look at part A first. If you or a spouse worked and paid Medicare taxes for the required number of quarters, which are usually 30 or 10 years, 
you qualify for premium-free Medicare Part A. Remember, Part A covers hospitalizations and inpatient care. When you think of Part A, think of inpatient stays in a hospital for an illness or surgery, and also think skilled nursing facilities. These are two examples of services covered by your Medicare Part A. What if you didn't work the number of quarters required to qualify for premium-free Part A? If you worked less than 10 years, there are two different premium amounts that fluctuate every year. One is less than the other and are relative to the number of quarters worked. If buying Medicare Part A fits into your ingredient list, so to speak, we can discuss what the actual dollars and cents look like in a one-on-one -on -one meeting. The premium is not the only thing you pay when thinking of Medicare Part A. Like I said earlier, most folks get premium-free Part A. There are deductibles associated with Medicare Part A. Those deductibles are determined by benefit periods. Benefit periods work differently depending on what coverage is being used. If you're in a hospital, the benefit period starts on the day you're admitted as an inpatient, and it ends when you haven't gotten any inpatient hospital care for 60 days in a row. If you're in a skilled nursing facility, or SNF, SNF, the benefit period starts the day you're admitted as an inpatient, and it ends when you haven't gotten any skilled care in a skilled nursing facility for 60 days in a row. If you go into a hospital or a skilled nursing facility after one ben benefit period has ended, a new benefit period begins. There's no limit to the number of benefit periods you can have in a year. Then there are copays based on how many days you're in the hospital. The first 60 days are at no copay. There's a copay for days 61 through 90 and then a higher one for days 91 through 150. Then after day 150, you, the beneficiary, pay all the costs. Skilled nursing facilities have daily copay amounts as well. The first 20 days are covered at $0 per day. Days 21 through 100 have a different copay amount, and days 101 and on, you pay the entire cost. Hospice care and home health care are covered at $0 copay. There are coverage restrictions for each and can be discussed in a one-on-one -on -one meeting with either Bruce or me. As you can see, there's lots of things to consider when looking at your Medicare Part A. Bruce, do you think that having a definition surrounding the benefit periods is important? Yes, I do. It's not just an admission. A benefit period is a really interesting way for things to be looked at. So look at your situation. When you were in the hospital the first time, and then you had to go back again, that would all be considered the same benefit period because it was within that 60-day time frame. Right. Very interesting. That wasn't the case for our private insurance. No, it wasn't. We had to pay twice. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah. Um, there were some factors there. There were some factors there that came into play. Yeah. And I, I won't go into that. Right. But, um, it was interesting, to say the least. But I think the benefit period differentiation matters as it relates to the Medicare piece. Yes, yeah, it absolutely does. That was one of the things I learned. There were so many things I learned in this particular research project. But I also want to talk about costs associated with Part B now. Medicare Part B is medical insurance. It covers outpatient care. So think of services you receive from primary care doctors, specialists, labs, outpatient radiology, things like that. Medicare Part B has a base monthly premium associated with it. The amount can change each year. There have been instances where the premium has decreased, but in most years it does increase. Your premiums are set for calendar years with changes becoming effective in January. There is a small deductible for Part B, 
When I say small, I actually mean small, not like what I would consider small on an exchange plan. As with any deductible, it's paid annually with you, when you incur Part B expenses. Now, the deductible does not apply to every covered service. Generally speaking, Medicare Part B covers 80% of the cost for covered services. You, the beneficiary, are responsible for the other 20% after the deductible is paid. There are rules around, the, around this premise as well. The provider must accept the Medicare-approved amount as full payment. This practice is known as accepting assignment. Clinical laboratory services and home health care are covered at $0 copays. Outpatient hospital care is covered at 80% and you, the beneficiary, pay 20%. There's also coverage for medical provider services while an inpatient in the hospital as well, again with the 80-20 rule in place. Medicare Part B pays 80% and you, the beneficiary, pay 20%. Notice that there are overlaps in services provided by both Medicare Parts A and B. Let's move on to slice of the pie number two for today, the possible extra costs. We'll go through this section of the discussion using the same format as the last slice of pie, starting with part A. The extra costs are relative to working less than 10 years or 30 quarters is the differentiator. If you have to buy part A, that could be considered a possible extra cost. Let's move on to part B. There are several possible extra costs relative to part B. There is a concept called the income-related Medicare adjustment amount. We in the industry really like acronyms, so IRMA is the acronym for this concept. There are five levels of adjustment in premium relative to your adjusted gross income. The period of time the adjustment is based on is the, is the adjusted gross income. I'm saying adjusted a lot. Isn't that funny? You are. I am. But I don't want to say AGI because then we're talking more acronyms. <laughs> so there's a lot of adjustments in this discussion. And the two-year thing really gets to people. Yeah, and that, I'm going to explain that here right now. All right. So the period of time that the adjustment is based on is your adjusted gross income from two years ago. So like you're saying, this is the piece that we get to explain in depth to folks. So this is 2023. So the two-year look back is looking at 2021. We call that a two-year look back because they're looking at your adjusted gross income from 2021. It's not an accumulation of 21 to 23. It's just 2021. Right. Your taxes from 21 is Correct. what they look at. Correct. So the calculate, like I said, the calculation is not based on the total of two years. It's based on your taxes from two years ago. If your income was high two years ago because of the sale of an investment property, we see that one a lot. People sell investment properties and then their taxes go way up or their taxable income goes way up. There's other taxable gains that would cause your taxable income to go up as well. But then the next year it's reduced or it goes back down to what you would consider normal. Your IRMA for that next year would be calculated based on the lower amount. So the IRMA may actually go away or the income-related Medicare adjustment amount may potentially go away for that second year that's being looked at or third or whenever it is. If it goes back down, you're not going to pay the same adjustment or your adjustment could fluctuate. There's five levels of, of adjustment, so yes. it could actually fluctuate. All right, so I want to point out that if you have an income-related Medicare adjustment amount for Part B, you're going to have an IRMA for Part D as well. We haven't talked much about Part D up to this point, but this is a discussion point that I think is worth noting. The adjustment for Part D is less than for Part B, but it still does exist. This has been a lot of information. We're only through slice number two. Yeah, that's and it is riveting information, isn't it? 
I knew you would think so. Yeah, I know. I happen to think it is. And it's important that we know it. It is important that which we know tells it. Which tells people that, that, are, that... This is... I'm sorry. This is all that research that you talk about. That Why would you want to do this? When... If you just come in, we'll, we'll explain it to you. You don't have to do the research to find this out. Right. Know that we've done the research and we know what we're talking about so that when you ask us the questions, we can reference this... Yes. ...knowledge and, and get you the information that you need. This is Medicare Easy as Pie with your host from Mesa Benefits, Stephanie Garcia-Hagan. Welcome back to the Medicare Easy as Pie show. I'm your host, Stephanie Garcia-Hagan. I'm joined once again by my partner in business and in life, Bruce Hagan. Welcome back to the show, Bruce. I Once again, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here. You're, you're giving our listeners a little relief from all of the research <laughs> that I've done. Well... I don't know if relief is the right word, but I think it's, I don't know what it is. Added commentary. That's it. That's it. That's it. I always have such important things to say. They're important to me. Okay. That's good. How about we dig in the slice of the pie number three? I don't know if I can eat three pieces of pie today, but go ahead. You're going to have to eat four. Oh, boy. Okay. Rio can share. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) I know what kind of pies you dabble in. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to really like number four here. You're really, both of you are going to love it. Okay, let's talk about adding insurance to the mix. This is obviously where we come in, Bruce. Yeah, normally. Hopefully. This is where we want to come in. Yes. Yes. I'm speaking for you when I say this, but we love giving people the peace of mind that saving money brings. Mm -hmm. I think we save people money on a regular basis. Well, and it's the lack of confusion that, you know, they get just such a relief. That, oh, there. Yeah, this makes sense. Oh, yeah, let's... I mean, and once it makes sense, it really makes sense on what to do. So saving money and clarifying positions. Exactly. I think that's important. I do, too. Adding insurance is a way, certainly, to mitigate costs. But just like you said, it's also a way for us to make this whole process easy as pie, right? That's right. So there's three ways that you can add insurance to the mix. The first is that you can add Part D coverage to your Medicare Parts A and B. This addition gives you prescription drug coverage as well as prevents the late enrollment penalty from accruing. And we're going to get into the penalties in Slice of the Pie number four. The second way to mitigate costs is to add a Medigap or Medicare supplement plan to your Medicare Parts A and B. These plans pay the gap between what Medicare pays and the amount that you, the beneficiary, are left to pay out of pocket. The added cost to your bottom line is that you have a premium to pay for the Medigap policy. This is a separate policy from your parts A, B, and D with additional premium costs. Depending on the type of plan you choose, the monthly cost to you could also include copays and coinsurance and a small Part B deductible. I like to tell people that they that are considering Medigap policies to go back to when they first had insurance with their employer. Do you remember that when you gave the doctor's office or a hospital the card the insurance card and you didn't worry about what the bill was going to end up being later that's the kind of policy that these are if you want dental or vision or hearing coverage you need to buy a separate policy for those services or decide to pay for them out of pocket we have that discussion a lot too yeah we do because people are feeling so confident that they're not going to have to pay copays and things like that when they choose a medigap plan that they say well i've been paying for dental insurance or i've been paying for my eyeglasses out of my pocket anyway, so I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah, I mean, you can weigh the the amounts. I mean, we can tell you what it's going to cost. Right, and so, what the coverages are. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes they don't cover enough for you to even justify the premium. That's true. We run into that quite a bit. Yep. 
So the third way to access your Medicare coverage is through a Medicare Advantage plan or Part C. We've had quite a lengthy discussion today and I'm sure that you're noticing we're talking a lot about parts. Part C or Medicare Advantage is a government program that is administered by private health insurance companies. Some of the companies are nonprofits and some are for-profit companies. Either way, they have contracts with the federal government and are a cost-effective way to access your Medicare insurance. These plans can offer services that are not covered by original Medicare. Think of things like dental, vision, and hearing coverage. Some plans offer over-the-counter health item allowances, and some have allowances that help beneficiaries pay for groceries and other daily use items. The costs associated with Part C Medicare Advantage plans are akin to the costs most people are used to paying with their employer group coverage. There are copays and coinsurances when you use services. These costs are spelled out in an evidence of coverage manual so you have access to what those costs are. The trade-off for the copays and coinsurance are the zero to low premiums associated with these types of plans. Each situation is unique to the beneficiary and we explain that from a 30,000 foot view each of the concepts to each person individually. Then, once we determine which type of plan is in your budget, lifestyle, and health situation, we do a deep dive into the specifics of each plan. Slice of the pie number four today is all about the penalties. And boy, do we get questions about the penalties, don't we, Bruce? Oh, it's it's not really a fun topic. No, but I Unless think, you're preventing them. Right. Then I, it's it's received very well. I also think that there's times where it's received well when we're mitigating ones that people are already paying. That's true. So there are late enrollment penalties for each part of Medicare except C. Did you know that there was a late enrollment penalty for A? I did not know that. So there's, That's embarrassing. How come I don't know that? Oh, it's not embarrassing because most people get zero That's premium. True. That's true. I actually haven't run into a whole lot of people that don't actually get have premium-free A. Right, but... Exactly, because most people do have right. premium-free A. So if you don't buy Part A when you were at first eligible, notice I said buy, right? because folks that have zero premium Part A obviously don't have to buy it. But for the folks that didn't work the number of quarters that they were supposed to or that they were required to for whatever reason, have to buy their Part A. And so if they have to buy Part A, there's a penalty if you didn't do it when you were first eligible. Well, and that falls right along the lines with B. It's the same way with, with Part B. Right. However, the only caveat to that that I'm going to make is that the Part A penalty is the only one that doesn't go on in perpetuity. That's right. It's in like two years? It's double. So 10% of the monthly premium for double the amount of time that you okay. didn't have coverage. So two is a very interesting thing that you remember because it's double the amount of time that you didn't have coverage. So if you didn't have coverage for a year, then you pay the penalty for two years. Two years, four years, same okay. thing goes back and forth. And that's for twice as long as you were eligible and didn't sign up. The Part B penalty is also 10% of the monthly premium, and it goes on for as long as you are enrolled in Part B and is calculated based on the number of 12-month periods that you're eligible and didn't sign up. Notice I didn't say years. I said 12-month periods. That's true. So that's a very interesting distinction, which could actually make the penalty less than actually the number of years that you didn't have coverage. So yeah, because if you went two and a half years, you're only going to get penalized for two years. Potentially, yes. yes. There's also a calculator. I didn't mention this earlier, but this is for all of the agents out there that work with us. I don't even know if they know this. There is a calculator on the Pinnacle website 
where you can actually calculate what someone's penalty is based on the number of years or months, depending on if it's B or D, which brings me to Part D. The Part D penalty is 1% of the average monthly Part D premium for every month that you didn't have coverage and were eligible. There's another reason that you could be penalized in Part D as well. If you go 63 days or more without coverage, for example, you decide that you don't want to pay the premium that you've been paying and you take time off from your plan for whatever reason. If you go over 63 days without coverage, you pay the penalty. You will pay the penalty for as long as you have Part D, and if you stop the coverage, the, the penalty will continue to grow. So you could potentially stop your Part D plan and then your penalty starts over again, which is also very interesting because there could be a forced period of time beyond that 63 days because there's only certain enrollment periods that you can actually take a Part D plan. That's true. They follow the same rules as the um, Part C Medicare Advantage. But, but there are also limitations because on a Part C Medicare Advantage, you also have open enrollment in January to That's March. That's true. And you don't have that open enrollment period for Part D. Yeah, all you it's, have is the October, December. That's right. Yep. That's right. So these are also reasons that it's important to have an advisor who actually is studying up on these rules because those type, if I gave you advice that said, oh yeah, you can go ahead and stop your plan if you want to without telling you what the consequences are for you making that decision, you're not going to be real happy with me when you come back with a penalty later. And how many people have you sat across from that have talked to other people back when they first turned 65 obviously i'm speaking of people that are older than 65 mm -hmm. and nobody told them anything about these penalties right exactly i mean it's it's crazy how many people should have got this knowledge when they first enrolled and first got a plan right but did not get that well and we run into the folks with the 63 day thing when we started talking to folks that came off of that cost plan that we had the service area reduction for in 2020. So folks that came off of that cost plan, originally when they signed up for it, the cost plan had drug coverage embedded in it. And then at some point during the process, the drug plan went away. And the plan explained to them that it went away and they didn't, some of them didn't have prescriptions that they were using and so they didn't actually change their plan. And so how many folks in 2020 did you talk to that didn't that didn't know they were going to have a penalty? And it was quite a few and you could you really picked up on it because it was all the same amount of time. Yep. It was like 2 years. Yeah. The penalty that on part D was 2 years and you Oh yeah, you came off the cost plan. Yeah, $9.10 I think it was. It was yeah, it was and it was crazy and you know they sent out they probably sent out a letter they did. And people looked at it and said, I, I don't know what that means anyway, and threw it away. Yep. And unfortunately, now they have that. It's $9 a month. That's what right. It, yeah. Which, boy, they got mad about that $9. Oh, they sure did. I And I totally understand because that's the reason that we do all this research, so that we know these things, so that we can help you to make decisions that have long-term effects. Yeah. So the entire discussion about this, about price and going into this level of detail with A, B, C, D, all of the letters is because I was looking for when I was looking to learn when the price change for 2024 for part B was going to come out. So the research that I did was extremely interesting. I learned how the premiums are determined. I also learned that there are two different trust funds for Medicare. 
all of the discussions that we start hearing, especially in election years about Medicare and Social Security trust funds being solvent, are detailed in, the, in this report that I read. It's called the 2023 Annual Report of the Boards of Trustees of the Federal Hospital Insurance and Federal Supplementary Medical Insurance Trust Funds. That's where there's two. Hospital insurance is part A. The Supplementary Medical Insurance Trust Fund is part B. It's a report that was delivered in March of 2023 to the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and the President of the Senate, who is Vice President Kamala Harris, by the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, and the trustee, Xavier Becerra, and two other trustees. Their names were on there too, but I didn't know who they were, so I didn't even write it down. I find this information so exciting because I love seeing our government in action and how it's so very insightful to see how it affects us as citizens. I read the overview of the report. It's like a 500 and some odd page report, so I really only read the overview, but there was interesting information in there and some numbers that are going to have to change for the future of Medicare, particularly Part A, to continue in the way that it exists today. But the fact that there are two separate trust funds is absolutely fascinating to me. They don't talk about that when they're talking about things in election years about how we have to save Medicare. They don't go into the details surrounding what's actually involved, which I think there could be a little bit more. Certainly people don't want as much detail as folks like me want, but I also think that a little more would be helpful. And to bring the discussion full circle, it looks like there's going to be an increase in the Part B premium for 2024. I would imagine there will be. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's definitely going to go up. It's normally not. I mean, the, in 22. Yeah, 22 to 20. No, no 21, 21 to 20, 22. Yeah. It went up drastic. I mean, it went from 148.50 to 170.10. Yeah. I think I've got those numbers right. No, but you absolutely do. That was huge increase. And then they made everybody feel good because they brought it back down to 164.90. Yep, and it's definitely so, going to go up for next year. I can see that writing there's, on the wall there. There's actually a suspicion. There's a, there's a number that they wrote down as to what it's actually going to go up to, but I don't want to broadcast that because we don't know that that's actually what it's going to be. Yeah, we probably ought to know that for sure before you start doing that. Right, but it's in that report. Okay. So coming back to Medicare Easiest Pie, Bruce and I can help you keep the penalties from starting and we can help you navigate through them. We can help you with what the actual cost is going to be in 2024 when we know it. We are your guide through the Medicare insurance process. We love providing this type of knowledge to people who are making decisions for their first go with Medicare and their insurance, and also for those that are evaluating their coverage for the years to come. We're here to help. Please call Bruce or me at 970-549-0410 or search us on the web at mesabenefits.com. This is the Medicare Easiest Pie Show. I'm your host, Stephanie Garcia-Hagan. You've been listening to Medicare Easiest Pie with your guide through the Medicare process from Mesa Benefits here on 1100 KNZZ.